0: Andres Jimenez is the future and the now.
1: We look back at the rookie's monster game, the Mets series win over the Marlins, and look ahead to the big series this week against the Nationals. The post Mike Puma will also join us.
0: And finally, the guy that made one of the greatest plays in baseball history back in Game 7 of the 2006 NLCS, the catch. It's Andy Chavez joining the show.
1: All that and more next on Amazing But True from the New York Post.
2: Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing,
1: amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing.
2: Here's
0: the pitch, New York folks. It's out of here. We got you. And now, here they are. Brooklyn Zone number 27. The Fi Double G I E Nelson
1: Figueroa. Astoria's finest number 69, it's Jay Swizzy, Jake Brown.
0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. I'm Jake Brown alongside my co-host, former Met, Nelson Figueroa. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, or
1: wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us five stars and write us a nice review
0: the post Mike Puma and the great Andy Chavez join the show today and today's show is all about Andres Jimenez he's at the Copa Copa Cabana stealing the bases and that's all that matters sorry I, we know I rap last show I won't sing this show but I had to let that out love a good Copa Cabana reference but Andres Jimenez that's right I get the pronunciation right he's been amazing three for four three runs scored his second tremendous bun single just a demon on the base pass steals a base he's been aggressive on the base pass he's been stealing base he's been playing great defense and Jimenez Figgy has to be the second baseman for this team moving forward no more Brian Dozier you know Dozier if he makes a spot start fine but Andres Jimenez has to be the second baseman and when Robinson Cano comes back probably on Friday he's your DH plain and simple this kid is electric in every sense of the word and has to be there and was a big reason the Mets took two out of three this weekend against the Marlins.
1: Yeah, he's been absolutely impressive and we've heard about him for years. Remember he signed as a 16 year old with the Mets and five years in the minor leagues. He's 21 now and he looks like he's been doing it for 10 years, like a major league vet has not been overmatched yet in an at bat. He seems to have a plan of what he's trying to do up there. He's able to hit the ball the other way. He can play small ball. He can use his speed. The man has really been so impressive. The man, the boy has been so impressive to watch because he makes it look easy and effortless. It's a very big contrast to when Rosario first came up. We knew there was a lot of flash. That We knew that there was a lot of hype behind Rosario and having Jose Reyes by his side, you know, as his hype man really gave us this, like, okay, this guy's got to be an all-star. And we haven't seen that yet with Jimenez. It's just been a man who goes about his business and gets the job done. Every single time out there, you have quiet confidence that this guy is going to put a bat on the ball, hit the ball solidly. And if he gets on, you know, he can steal a base. You know, he can go first to third very easily. And quite honestly, he's the guy at the top of the lineup that you've missed or that type of speed to be at the top of the lineup. I've loved everything that I've seen from him, and I want to see a lot
0: more. Is there a chance that you drop Jeff McNeil? You know, Jeff McNeil has been showing a lot of frustrations. He hasn't been necessarily hitting poorly because he's still hitting 289, but do you potentially move him in as? up to the two spot and drop McNeil in the order here or do you keep it how it is or do you keep him in his nine and kind of have that back to back leadoff type of hitter with him and then Nimmo
1: I think if you have that situation right now they're putting him at nine and it takes the pressure off him right to be th- that guy at the top of the lineup to do it um, McNeil he's got to be there in the two hole still his at bats they've not been the greatest they've not been the typical McNeil I've seen him strike out swing and miss but for me it's been more of his body language his body language on every single swing. If he swings and fouls off a ball, it's like, oh my God, I missed another opportunity. And then he takes a pitch and it's just on the black. And it's like, oh my God, they're calling those two. And then it's just a woe is me type body language that I'm not used to seeing from him. I don't mind when he gets mad when he makes an out, but the guy has hit some balls on the nose and they've made some great plays against him. And you're going to be frustrated. It's major leagues. They're going to start shifting you more than ever. They're going to know how to pitch you. So you have to find a way to make the adjustment And for him, the adjustment really has to be not missing those pitches that he can get the barrel to and following them back and frustrating himself more than anything else. I think he's going to be fine there in the two spot. I like, again, Jimenez down at the bottom. I I want to see more of him, but I, I love to see him play not just second base. He can spell Rosario Day at shortstop. He can play third base as well, and you can move J.D. Davis around as well. So there's a lot of more options and a lot more flexibility than we even thought before because we were surprised that he even made the team. We were wondering, why was this guy on the team? Now you look at him and you're like, listen, this kid has to play. And if it's not to start the game, he's got to get in the game somehow because he can uh, he can be a factor in every single one
0: of them. Yeah. I'm sorry, Brian Dozier, but the Dozers, the Eric Campbells, the John Mayburys of the world, it's gotta be the kids. Come on, he- no, no,
1: Dozier, Dozier's hit forty home runs before in the season. You can't lump it's,
0: them together. I know, Stop I know, that. I'm being dramatic, but uh <laughs> you know, Jimenez is just he's one of those electric players that you need out there, and he made the leap from double A to the big leagues. Here's a guy who's had six months essentially of legal drinking before COVID hit and now he's, you know, I hope he's got a six pack of Bud Lights and he's drinking or White Claws after the game because he deserves it. He reminds you a little bit of Jose Reyes. Well, you know
1: what? He's He's been a breath of fresh air for this team and what I've seen from him and what I know about him, um, talking to some people in the organization, it's been a lot of hard work. The guy had never failed before last year. He actually failed last year. He wasn't hitting his normal right around 300. He was batting in the low 200s and they Constantly had been working with him because at his size, and his size is 5'11, like 170 pounds around there, there's not a he doesn't have that build that's going to say, Hey, a lot of power in his swing. The problem is, is that exit velocity off his bat screams that there's a there is power in there. So as he's gotten a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger in this past and uh, off season going into the season, he's been able to hit the ball on the screws. And you can see when he hits it, 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 it has very good exit velocity, and that's the last time I hope I'll talk about exit velocity. But what I do like from him is his work ethic. The guy is a relentless hard worker, continues to try and improve. When he failed last year, he actually seeked out, hey, what do I need to do to be better? That's hard for a professional athlete, especially when they've been successful doing it for so long, but you reach a peak at some point. And it's like, okay, what do I have to do now to get to that next level? Well, he's absolutely done everything they asked him to do. He's changed his swing a little bit. He's changed his timing and his sequences, his sequence of how he goes and attacks the baseball. And it's led to what we're seeing for him right now, a 300 major league hitter and a guy who looks like he has a competitive at bat every single time.
0: Yeah. And it's a short sample size, but I think with the way, with the way he's playing, we'll see it carry over and he could be really good. And yes, exit velocity and kinetic chains. We're getting all sorts <laughs> of big wor- baseball word usage, baseball vocab porn that they would not be able to spell in the scripts spelling bee. It's Jake Brown and Nelson Figueroa, your favorite Mets podcast. Amazing, but true figgy will be performing his part of the talent show Maybe on Thursday show, we'll see if he could karaoke some Mamma Mia classics uh, or maybe do a duet with me. Maybe be, be, be the Meryl Streep to my Pierce Brosnan, bro. That's all I ask. Uh, <laughs>
2: it's,
0: a, it's a tall task. Be, be the Gaga to my Bradley Cooper, if, if you please. The Mets were fun to watch this weekend. They, they were hitting the long ball Saturday. Pete just hit a laser over the wall while mm-hmm. Pete's struggling. He has had a couple of homers, and hopefully he comes around. He didn't have a good day Sunday, um, but other guys are carrying the load, and Nimmo getting on base. I mean, his OBPs almost double his average, and that's what's important. The thing that bothers me a little bit with him is that he run does the whole running the first thing at a walk, and then the other day, he didn't run a second on a pitch that got away from a catcher, so save your legs for the other bases, bro. I mean, <laughs> you want to run when it doesn't matter. Please run when it does, and I'd like to see him use the bases more. Conforto's been great. J.D. Day. Davis has been magnificent, not only at the plate, but he's looking good at the field. We talked about maybe the yips on a routine grounder. His arm has been great. He's been making every play that comes his way, and he's starting to look like the staple. Let's keep him at third and keep him at third next year too. Dom Smith hasn't been great. Rosario hasn't been great, but they're playing good defense. The other key to Sunday Figgy, was Jacob DeGrom, and you know he had that second inning where the sky is falling down because he walks two guys in a row, and that shows you how good he is. That two guys in a row is alarming. He gives up a first big league hit. He has a trainer's visit. It ends up being a hot spot on his fingers. So I I don't really know what that means. Maybe you can explain that. Maybe you've had that happen. It could build to a blister. Uh, But nonetheless, they gave him just enough run support to get the victory. And, you know, he looked good outside of that Aguilar homer.
1: Yeah, and and that's typical Jacob deGrom, right? He finds a way to uh, run prevention is what it's been about. And he's figured out the cheat code to that over the last three seasons, uh, two Cy Youngs to prove it. And this year, you know, he's right there again. He's going to be right there in the mix when it comes to Cy Youngs. For me, Jacob DeGrom, the hot spot you're talking about on his finger, he throws the ball so hard, which is not normal as you get older to be able to throw the ball harder. Remember when he came into the big leagues, he was touching 94. And I mean touching 94. He's 92, 93, touching 94. And you look six years later and a surgery later, and he's sitting at 98 miles an hour right now, touching 100, 101.
0: He has the highest uh, average velocity in the big leagues. I think it's at 98.7, which is over a mile an hour over the next guy.
1: Yeah, and and the one thing about him is, is he's not just a thrower it's then he can pitch off of that 100 mile an hour fastball. He moves the ball around so well, his slider has gained two miles an hour in the past year. Um, so it makes it much more difficult on hitters. I mean, you saw even Freddie Freeman, I think it was one of the at bats early on in the season, he threw him a change up at 93 or 94 miles an hour and Freeman just laughed like, come on, seriously, 94 mile an hour change up. But that's where Jacob deGrom is right now. He set the bar that high for the hot spot on his finger. It's basically like when a blister starts to form and you just get a little bit of, worried and uh, subconsciously you might not be pushing down as hard as you are and that's when you see hey, he throws eight balls in a row and gets a little bit erratic that's not normally Jacob Degrom. when something like that happens the trainer goes out to check on him and when you realize it's the fingertips that's something you want to monitor but we've all pl- pitched with blisters and with you know ripped skin and broken nails and everything else he'll find a way to get through this as always and I'm not worried about it
0: and he's the guy you worry about you didn't really worry too much when you heard walk into the IL because it was a Shoulder injury doesn't seem too serious, and the Mets can... Probably survive, especially if they do get Strowman back. He goes in there. That's going to be an interesting scenario when Strowman is back and if Waka comes back is do they move Waka to the pen? Do they move Peterson? Peterson has pitched well enough where I think he should stay in the rotation. I mean, it's, again, not a bad problem to have, and with injuries popping up left and right, you just don't know what's going to happen there. But DeGrom, listen, if he was out, the season's over. I mean, it's that simple. He is that important to this baseball team that they need him out there every five days, and there's no one that compares to him.
1: Yeah, they talk about him only having a 2.7 war. That means you're know you likely to win 2.7 times more with Jacob DeGrom on the mound. That's not even enough. They they, they shouldn't even put a number on that. The bad part is is the team never really seems to be able to hit whenever he's on the mound, but that doesn't matter because it's about run prevention, right? So he goes out there, gives you seven shutout, maybe one run on a bad night, and you go out there with the confidence every, every fifth day, knowing that Jacob deGrom is on the hill for your team, I'll take that any single day of the week, and when you talk about his replacement or if there is a replacement for him, no, there's not. There really isn't, and it's a it would be a huge fall-off, but when you talk about a replacement for Waka, whether it be Peterson staying in the rotation and Strowman coming back, or a bullpen day, you can survive Waka going out for a short while. But Jacob deGrom, you lose him for two starts, I don't. wouldn't say you can chalk up two losses, but it's going to be a much more difficult time to uh, strike fear in in the, the uh, opponent's heart than when you see Jacob LeGrom's name penciled in there as the pitcher of the day.
0: Figgy dropping war on us and I can confirm David Wright's statement that Figgy is a nerd. Huge <laughs> nerd <laughs> dropping a war on us of 2.7. I still don't even know the war exactly how they compute that. It's guys in their basement computing numbers together. And listen, my mom's a math teacher. She's good with numbers. I'm pretty good with numbers but war and those, you know, those numbers I just can't can't get man I don't know
1: and that's why I say to you 2.7 is not nearly enough honestly and you look at guys like uh when it was Cody Bellinger who was tearing the cover off the ball hitting you know 30 plus home runs and MVP season and they're like oh you know he's seven wins more than the average replacement there is no way with everything that Cody Bellinger brings to a, a ball game when it comes to his defense playing multiple positions his arm making those throws and his bat that you could say, oh, yeah, any average replacement player would give you a win. He's just going to get you seven more than no shot.
0: Yeah, and it was good to see them recover from. And I've been tweeting out a thread of an infuriating loss tally, and it's at four. There's been four games I believe they lost by one run. Friday was infuriating. They were 90 feet away again. They couldn't push that run home. So it's at four. Those games turn around, and we're looking at a team over 500. But nonetheless, the Mets are seven and nine. Figgy heading into a big. Four game set this week against the Nationals. Uh, it'll be seven, 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 and Thursday at one. We'll come at you after the game Thursday, so Thursday's show will be later than usual. I uh, want to give it some more shelf life, and we'll preview the Phillies' weekend uh, series. But Matts porcello to be determined and peterson you like them going with the bullpen game um and one of those guys in the bullpen jared hughes has been awesome it's less alarming now especially if they do get brad brock back and with gazellman back and pitching a good inning to go with the bullpen game because they have a couple of big leaguers and you don't have to say all right we're going to throw paul seawald and the tyler bachelors of the world out there you, i know i always mention paul Seawalt it's some negative way on every episode i'm sorry to Paul Seawall's family, if they're listening to this, and Daniel Zamora, it, you know those guys of the world. But now they have reliable guys. That Wednesday, for you know, it looks like probably one spot start. You have to go maybe two. You're you're a little less worried.
1: Well, you also have Franklin Kilome, who Kilome can uh, also throw. He went four innings last time. He can go out there and give you three. Look, we just saw the Marlins, who were in first place and may not be in first place anymore, but they were playing really good baseball. Um, we saw them have nine different starts in nine different games. And they've gone with a starter who went from A-ball to the big leagues and he gave them two plus innings. The next guy gives them four plus innings. So teams have been able to do it a little bit more and more and you're more comfortable almost seeing it. Like you're expecting it now. Now it's not like, oh my God, a bullpen day. You're going to destroy the rotation. No, when you know you have a Jacob deGrom coming back in five days and you're able to get him back on the mound, you know you can kind of take that bullpen, maybe have Colombo go three, four. Then you have, a guy piggyback off him. Hughes can go to that gets you into the fifth, sixth inning already. And then you can go and use your back of your bullpen or mix and match because can go to Lugo can go to there's a, a lot of options for Luis Rojas. And I'm not really worried about how they're going to get through next week
0: is at the Copa, Copa, <laughs> Cabat. His name works with that song very well. I love it. But yes, Colomy as well. So they got a lot of guys there. And this is a big series. Let's, you know, the Mets, if they could take three out of four. Listen, they're only three and a half out. You know, the Braves have been very good despite all their injuries. They're still tearing the cover off the ball and hitting the ball well, despite losing Soroka and Cole Hamels has been out all year. So, you know, the Braves are a very intriguing team and still have so much young talent that they're going to be right there. And listen, the Marlins, despite losing two, out of three are still right there at the top so this NL East while we thought it would be bad the Phillies have not been good it's it's a pretty good division and the Nationals are even going to be in that discussion as well and this is kind of the you know a big taste this week this four game set for what the Mets are going to have to face
1: yeah I'm looking at this for as far as AC right after Cespedes Uh, I I feel like the lineup to me has changed Uh, the feeling has changed uh the way that these guys are swinging the bat the at-bats have changed the process has changed Pete Alonso was early on, he was striking out, swinging for the fences, trying to pull everything. We're seeing him, you know, hit that hard base hit to right field with two strikes. That's the kind of approach that gave him success last year. And I don't need to see him swing for the downs all the time. I would love to see him not miss a pitch that he used to hit into the seats. Of course, I think that's going to come. But I think uh, seeing him have a good eye, seeing these guys getting on base more, I just need to see that big hit to kind of blow games open, to give you a chance to breathe a little bit. Every time we think, okay, base is loaded, no. Out, they're gonna score three or four. They wind up scoring only one, and you're left going, God, they just need that one hit. And they've got guys now that are putting together some good at bats. And still, you haven't had guys click on all cylinders yet. We have not seen Wilson, the best of Wilson Ramos. We have not seen guys, especially at the bottom of that lineup. Rosario's been hot and then cold. Once we see these guys continuing the approach that they've had over this past week, AC after Cespedes, I- I'm seeing better at bats. And you got to remember, you got Robinson Cano who is batting over 400, and really was the only guy hitting when everybody was striking out uh, he's on the men so when he comes back and then you're able to put him in the DH spot you're able to do some other things uh, it's going to be a a team that I don't mind them getting their lumps early on in the season because you want to learn from those experiences but once they kick it into gear I want I I can't wait to see if they can click it on all cylinders
0: we have different definitions of AC because I'm thinking about being at the Borgata they got people (laughs) emailing me to head down there do some gambling and then I think of air conditioning because it's been hot as hell out and many of us including you i did not because i'm living a bougie life in a nice you know luxury building lost power including Mm. our next guest who lost power so we had to do it over the phone it is the one the only mike puma joins us before we hand it off to the great andy chavez And joining us now is New York Mets beat writer for the New York Post, Mike Puma. You can follow him on Twitter at NYPost underscore Mets and read his stories in the post and at NYPost.com. He has lost power, but after the storm, days later, who knows when these uh, power outages come. But uh, he joins us by phone now. He was at Citi Field over this weekend and the Mets series win two out of three. Puma, welcome back to the show. Andres Jimenez, Jimenez, I should say, is the man of the hour and you gotta think he has to be in the lineup every day when Robinson Cano ba- is back and Cano might have to fill the shoes of DH for Cespedes now.
2: Yeah, there's there's, there's definitely uh, going to be some juggling, I would think, here. You know, whether Jimenez is playing second base uh, and maybe you get him in at shortstop one day a week and third base one day a week. And, but yeah, I, I, I think we're going to see some Cano at DH also because you want to try and keep Cano's legs healthy, too. That's much a function of you've got to keep Cano on the field when he gets back. But Amena has uh, earned some playing time here and he, he's really doing a little bit of everything for him
0: it's wild that he went and I tweeted this earlier he went from why is he on the roster to he must play every day overnight <laughs> I mean it the, the, the glove the the moving around the bases I mean the bunt single bunt single is probably my favorite play in baseball
2: yeah I agree with you that I saw that today and just the way he dropped it down the third baseman was in a little bit so he, he went uh, up the first base line there and beat it. I mean that is so exciting isn't it he oh
0: well, he he's done it, and he's done it twice hard. yeah and it's a lost art because we've seen so many pitchers fail to do it. And that's part of why I love the DH is I don't have to see pitchers a bunt for strikeouts. I'm talking to you, Figgy. That's right. You were probably a terrible bunter. Not this guy. Not this guy. Do your research. Not this guy. I'll get a research figgy sack career sack buns Let me pay for the baseball reference subscription to find that one. um right, baby. But Jimenez is really a staple now and a guy who will not be a stable at least for a couple of weeks is Michael Wach as he goes to the IL. Uh, what's that scenario? Is it, Do you look at this shoulder injury as a short-term thing and also... What do you think the Mets will do this week to replace him in the rotation?
2: Well, he does have some history with with, with shoulder problems as, as recently as, as the end of last year with the Cardinals. He missed a start with the shoulder, so you know he he tried to downplay it, saying you know he's hoping to start throwing again. Real you you, you got to you just got to see these these shoulder things are tough. Now, where did they go in the rotation? Uh, Luis Rojas is making it sound like they may do a bullpen game Wednesday and walk a spot. Uh, they do have Frank and Killamay, who pitched pretty well for him uh, in uh, Long Relief uh, down in Atlanta. You, I think uh, Walker Lockett might be ready if they want to try him, but it, it doesn't seem like they're ready to go back to Stroman yet. He's going to throw a, uh, another simulated game on Tuesday to test out that ankle. So it, but it does sound like he, he might be close that if he comes through this uh, simulated game Tuesday, that he, he might be back uh, by the weekend.
1: Yeah, all those things are a possibility. And when you talk about Waka and, and the arm troubles, uh, any bit of inflammation that comes up with the shoulder and he's downplaying it, of course he wants to. He's been throwing the ball very well. The velocity had been creeping up. I think he. He topped out at 97 last game, which is was something I wasn't really aware of that he had still 97 in the tank. Watching him in his last you know few starts, he gave up the bad pitch, bad pitch selection, trying to throw the first pitch fastball to Savelli. He hits it out opposite field, three-run home run. Welcome to the new baseball. Other than that, he's been pretty good out there with mixing his pitches and, and pitching competitively. I've liked what I've seen thus far from him. Now, when I'm talking about a bullpen game, the Marlins,
0: first-place Marlins, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to say that without laughing. I mean, they're but, not even now. I think the Braves are technically ahead of them. So,
1: But percentage points. But when you look at what the what the Marlins have been able to do, they had, what was it, nine different starters in nine different games? So they've been doing bullpen games with guys who played an A-ball last year. I think the Mets can piece together a bullpen game with uh, the pieces that they have. And it, it would be effective enough to skip a start and not rush Strowman back and not have to worry about Waka having to rush back even if you backdate it from the IL. So I, I think they'll be fine going either way. With the, with the next time through the rotation.
2: Yeah, and you know, I, I think you, you probably got to see what you get the next couple of days out of uh, Matt and Porcello. Now, if you get into situations where, where they get knocked out early, maybe that changes the the equation a little bit. But yeah, I, I think you're right that provided those guys get you five innings uh, each night, then you can go to a bullpen game on Wednesday, maybe, you know, see a combination of a guy like Selman in there for a couple innings, walled, uh, and, uh, and just stretch it out like that.
0: Jared Hughes has been a Uh, you know we we made fun of him for his Adam Gase crazy eyes but he has actually looked really good and I love his delivery the way he throws is awesome I don't know why I love it but it's (laughs) funky and it works and he's been great so far so he's I gotta watch one of those other middle relievers is Brad Brock. Do you know what's happened to him? I thought he was gonna be back. Is, is he coming back sometime soon?
2: Yeah, I, I thought he was close, and uh, the the last update uh, we got on Brock was a couple of days ago that he's facing some hitters now. So. You know, I, I don't know what they're waiting to see from him. Uh, maybe, maybe they're not happy with uh, the results they're seeing right now, but it, it, it sounds like he's kind of uh, on the cusp here of, uh, of joining the team.
0: DeGrom, you know, we were worried. It's, it's pretty incredible. You know, the trainers come out, he walks two guys, he gives up a guy's first big league hit and still gives up no runs in the inning. That's how good he is. Um, you said, he said uh, there was a hot spot on his finger, which is usually when I dip my uh, chicken fingers in barbecue sauce, so I don't know what that means, pitching wise uh maybe the start of a blister are you worried but or are you not worried with the ground
2: well he's dealt with this in the past you know it's something that pops up with him from time to time and he was was dealing with it a little bit in atlanta in his previous start so i I don't think it's a big deal right now uh you know it's something they'll they'll certainly watch but you know what The, the way he uh rebounded after that second inning and he was he came pretty darn close to getting through the fifth without giving up any runs than Aguiar hit that home run there. But uh, I I thought it was a pretty gutty performance today by DeGrom.
0: Well, Mike Puma, you have a hot spot on your finger, and it's on the keyboard as you write away at the New York Post. And you can read his stories in the post and at nypost.com. Follow him on Twitter at nypost__mets. Puma, glad uh, you could join us and hope you get your power back. And uh, we'll talk to you next
2: week. All right, guys. Take care.
0: And joining us now is a guy known for the catch in 2006. But more importantly, he had 13 years in the big leagues. He's a Venezuelan god playing 19 seasons in the Venezuelan Professional Baseball League, all with Navagantes de la Magallanes. I, I did my best with the pronunciation there. Uh, <laughs> and he was the coach for the Brooklyn Cyclones who won the championship last year. Three seasons with the Mets and part of that 2006 season, he had a career-high 306 batting average in 133 games it ended sadly in losing fashion but that catch over the wall in that double play in game 7 to get Jim Edmonds at first and rob Scott rolling of a home run will be remembered forever in Mets lore he also Figgy has a birthday 2 da- days after mine aquarius gang shout out february 7th I'm february 5th it is Andy Chavez joining amazing but true Andy welcome to the show i know you're fresh out the pool how are you man <laughs>
3: I'm pretty good. Thank you for that presentation. Wow.
0: I had to ask Figgy the pronunciation of the Venezuelan team because I took French <laughs> for no, seven you, years.
3: You did well. Navegantes del Magallanes.
0: Del Magallanes. You did well. Yeah. Right, I love it. Um, <laughs> w- what are you up to these days? I know you were supposed to coach uh, St. Lucie Mets. Obviously, the minor leagues got shut down, but what are you
3: up to these days? Well, what can I say? You know, I'll be around here at home like I always joke. Here in the house, like uh, always playing in the you know center field, and now I'm in the field, but in the backyard, you know, <laughs> doing gardening. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying the house and and the kids. We, you know, it's it's tough for us to to be around a lot of time in the house, so I, I'm doing my best to enjoy all this. Uh, you know, taking advantage that we cannot do much. On on the street on on baseball, you know, minor league is is over, so I'm not not gonna be a season in the minor league, so I, I have to wait and and. and Wait for the next season.
0: And you're just, you bleed baseball. You live and die baseball to, you know, you, you kept playing, and you kept playing the Miners, the, the Bluefish, the Somerset Patriots, Venezuela for almost two decades. Are, are you going to, you hope to be back coaching again next year?
3: Yeah, yeah, that, that's my goal, you know, keep uh, working as a coach and, uh, you know, try to of the, the the young talent, you know, to make it to the majors. Like uh, my first year was last year and I was in Brooklyn uh, and, and I had a wonderful experience. And we had a lot of fun because uh, we had a good team and we make it all the way through the championship and we won it all. So I was, you know, pushing those guys, you know, to the end and we had a pretty good year. And for for my surprise, well, we won the championship on my first year as a coach. It's a good
1: start. <laughs> That's always a good start. Andy, we played together, and I remember this, this used to be one of the funniest things. We always talk about how the Yankees are across town. So the Yankees would have enter Sandman whenever Mariano would go out. Well, Andy was the defensive replacement always in that ninth inning. So he wanted to have Sandman playing when he went out to play defense. I used to warm up the outfielders and we played catch together and he'd have me cracking up cuz he goes uh, why can't I get a song I'm I'm the guy who closes the games on defense here for the Mets. <laughs> he, He's one of the he's one of those guys that you have on a ball club that it's, yes, he can keep things light. He brings so much to the table, both on the field and in the clubhouse. And at the same time, there's nobody you'd rather see when you're a pitcher and you give up that fly ball in the gap and you see Andy going to track it down. He's the guy that you want to make sure you have out there later on in that ballgame.
3: Yeah, thanks for the confidence, Figgy. I know I know when you was pitching, I'd say, you, el hombre de goma, el brazo de goma. <laughs> I, I didn't even see Tee putting ice in his arms. I mean, and he can throw 15 innings like nothing. I'm like, that, that's not right, you know? It's something this guy has to have to <laughs> that way. And I enjoy a lot, you know, playing with you here in the Mets and and it was fun. We had pretty good, fun year, too, there.
1: Absolutely. So, for Jake, brazo de goma means rubber arm. So, I had a, I had a rubber arm. I was a guy who could pitch in an any role. Brazo roll. de what? What is it? Brazo de goma.
0: Brazo de goma. All right. I'm learning. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, that's right.
1: We're, we're bilingual on this show. Don't worry. We'll teach them. All right. We'll good. And
0: this is like the Jose Reyes Spanish Academy here. I love it.
1: <laughs> Professor Reyes. Oh, hey. see? <laughs> Andy, of course, talk to us about uh, your favorite team playing with in the major leagues. Which team would that
3: be? Well, I have fun, you know, a few teams, but I mean, if you had to pick, I had to pick up. I was in Mets and Texas Rangers. I have pretty good experience playing on, on those teams.
0: Andy, can you take us back to the catch? I'm sure you've talked about it plenty of times, but you're out there in left field. You watched that catch over and over, man, and you you know, you know kind of scooped it. It was like an ice cream scoop. It looked like it was going to go out. You climbed the eight-foot eight, feet, eight foot wall, and then you have the awareness to throw it to the uh, uh, the uh, pickoff man, uh, throw it to Jose Valentin, and then he throws him out for the double play. Can you take us through that play? What you were thinking, your backtrack, did you know you were going to catch that when you caught it? Were you surprised? Kind of take us through that Play a little bit.
3: Well, to start from the beginning, you know the situation was, uh, you know, tight game. Edmond uh, got like uh, a walk, and then we got an out. So it was one out, and it's Cup Rollins coming to the play, and you know Willie went to the mound and see if he bring the righty or. Keep Oliver in there. When finally Oliver keeps pitching, I'm like, you know what? Scott Rolling has, you know, pretty good, serious pop. So I'm like, I'm not going to get few step back and, uh, you know, be ready if he hit, hit the ball and the gap on, on the line so I can attack the ball quickly to throw it into, you know, if we can get Edmond at home play. And I think that was it because when I stepped back then I know they challenged uh Rollin in. So I was ready all the way and the first pitch he just hit it right where I was. And the soon I saw the hit, I knew the ball was the fence or was gone. So I, on my mind I just I had to spring the faster that I can to try to get first to the wall, then the ball. And uh, by the time I'm running, I'm feeling like the ball is beating me. And I'm like, oh, I don't have that much time. So on my way to the fence, I had to do my my thing. So I I get my basketball skills to do like an L.I.U. jump. <laughs> and that's what I used to to try to make the catch. But I, I saw the ball so high that I honestly, I didn't know I'm going to get that high. But for my surprise, I just feel the ball hit my glove. And I'm like, oh, it's in. So I didn't have that kind of power to grip my glove, to bring it in. And when I pull it in, I, I thought I threw the ball in the air. So I was looking in the air. I can't see it. So when I saw my glove, it was right in the end of my glove. And I'm like, oh, it's here. So I just... Elevate my eyes to the infield and look for Edmund where he was. When I saw him stopping, like a round short stop, I'm like, oh, he better get back quick because <laughs> I'm going in. So that's what happened. I, threw, I, I saw Regis waving at me like, uh, give, give me the ball. And I'm like, no, Ray, I got good arm, you tough so clothes, and and I don't like the infield, make the long throw. I'll do it. So I throw the ball to Valentine, and Valentine double off.
1: Listen, you just were talking about that story, and I got goosebumps as you were saying it. One of the things in that play, you said, used your basketball skills to get up. I was telling Jake before we came on, your silhouette of you making that jumping catch and your leg spread is my second favorite one, only behind Michael Jordan's air jordan <laughs> logo the air the air andy chavez t-shirts would have uh, made a killing back then i can tell you that right now so for you in that situation did they have you playing no doubles or you just wanted to take a few steps back to keep the ball in front of you
3: no uh we was playing regular like like i said it wasn't a six inning we're not playing no double they who made to play no double in that situation was myself i i feel like uh he's making you know good contact and i i didn't saw he gonna hit a homer i just saw he's gonna hit the ball in the and the gap I, I can feel like that because he, like i say he was busting in and he was pulling the ball pretty good so that's why i look i have just like three or four steps back and but i wasn't playing no double like i said I. uh I had to spring hard I can, so, and, and the ball wasn't, you know, too elevated. It was like kind of land drive. That's why the ball got pretty fast to the defend.
1: It all happened so fast, Andy, and that's one of the things that we talk about with analytics, analytics, and they always talk about, you know, oh, launch angle, this, that, and the other thing. A veteran guy like yourself did that on your own because that's instinct. That's baseball instinct and experience for playing for so many years that you already had that idea of, you know what? I'm gonna move myself back, keep the ball in front of me. If it's down the line, I can get to it quick, get the ball in so we can get uh, Edmonds at home. That's all stuff that has to play out for a major leaguer in real time. There's no preparation for that. There's no, they didn't have cue cards back then that they kept in their back pockets.
3: Yeah, that's true, Figgy. I mean, uh, I've, I've always played defense that way. You know, Of course we had the advanced meeting and stuff like that, and we have an idea, but, when the game is running, I, I made my adjustments, you know, and I think that's why I always got, uh, was successful on defense because I had no fear to move myself when I needed to move, and I take charge all the time when I I had to make those moves. I let the center field know or right field know, hey, I'm I'm moving this way, uh, just just you know, you know. And, and that way, I play very good defense because they can say, oh, down and, and it's everywhere. But, you know, <laughs> positioning positioning for me is the main thing to play defense.
0: That 2006 team was special, Andy. I mean, do you have any memories from that year? Obviously, you guys fell just short, but, you know, that's one of my favorite Mets teams of all time. And, and you guys were stacked. I mean, Beltron, Delgado. Uh the list goes on Pedro uh what what was so special about that 06 team and that you also had your best season of your career that year
3: I mean the the special for me was the first time of my career playing uh, hitting 300 and nobody took about it <laughs> nobody asked me about it
0: I'm talking about it right now and
3: <laughs> yeah you know like 14 years when when we finish the season everybody talking about the cash right? you know I hit 300 for the first time in the major (laughs) too I'm happy too I mean Mm -hmm. uh, that year was I think the best year for me because uh, I had the opportunity to play with very good players and have a a good year too and I never thought I'm not going to have that that kind of year because uh, when I got signed by the match, uh, the GM just called me, uh, you know, don't worry about if you hit or not because we got people to hit. I just want you to cut every fly ball. And I, <laughs>
2: okay, no pressure,
3: no problem. But I know I can mm-hmm. hit too, you know. And when I, I went to spring training, Willie called me to the office, you know, like the most manager do. Like, hey, Andy, I, I want to the, you know, bone a lot or... You know you're gonna do this. You're gonna do that. He only asked me, Andy. I want to ask you only bring your energy to my team. And I'm like, that's it. <laughs> that's all I have to do. So I'm like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. But I uh, I believe he knows uh, the way I play baseball and what I can bring. You know, to the to the team, um, the excitement and all that kind of stuff. So, because that's the way I like to play baseball. But those things, is the only, they ask me to do it. And I I like, you know, hitting in front of the pitcher. And it's not easy to hit 300 in that position because you only see one pitch to hit. Because they're going to pitch you around to, to get that ball and not miss it. And that's what was my preparation for that season. And I did well because I didn't miss many pitches in that area, hitting eight. Look, I hit 300, and I'm like, wow, I can't believe I didn't end up. That-
1: Yeah, that's a great point by Andy, is that most eight-hole hitters are going to be pitched around as soon as they get one ball on them. They're like, okay, we'll just put them on because the pitcher's coming up next. For Andy to realize that, that's another veteran-type deal where you have to recognize how you're going to be pitched because of the protection behind you. A lot of eight-hole hitters, they swing themselves into a slump very easily because they want to try and hit every single pitch that they see. So that's something that, again, you learn through experience and you add that to your repertoire. Andy, about... Going to coaching. Um, you got a chance to coach Andres Jimenez a little bit. Talk of, uh, to us a little bit about him.
3: Well, I saw him in the spring training. I mean, he got pretty good talent. I, I like the way he plays. And like I said, he he got pop, he can pull the ball and play. He's very good on defense, and he can run pretty well. And and I saw him like, whoa, so I like him. And I didn't know he was from Venezuela.
1: He's from Barquisimeto.
3: There from back and uh, so, uh, I saw I introduced myself. We talking, and he looks a very good kid, and I'm like, "Wow, uh, he got you know some future," and I got very excited when I saw him in the majors because uh he's very good. He's gonna do some and the mayor, if he got the chance.
1: Yeah, just 21 years old, he's been exciting to watch thus far. Another guy that you worked with and you worked very closely with, Ioannis Cespedes, uh, with everything that's happened over the past week, please talk to people about uh, Joannis Cespedes and how hard he was working to make that comeback. You were there firsthand with him.
3: Oh no, no doubt about it. He was working hard because uh, I had the, you know the opportunity to to throw BP to him and, and watch him how he worked uh, every time he wasn't on the field. He's doing you know his exercises and I, like I say, he he's preparing himself uh, like almost every day to to be ready for the season. And honestly, I just got surprised uh, what what just happened with him because uh, I I can't say nothing. I I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know what made him stop, but it surprised me so much because I know how hard he was working to to be on the field, and and now this happened.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things watching you work with him and getting that experience and, and knowing him a little bit. It was difficult to see him walk away from that because it was a surprise to everyone. I, I want to thank you, Andy, for coming on with us. This was so much fun. Uh, you did a fantastic job, brother. Thank you so much.
3: Oh, no, thank you for the opportunity. Well, I hope everything, you know, is good for the fans and they like it.
0: Thank you, Andy. Yeah, we love you here in New York. We always will. And uh, enjoy your pool days. I'm jealous of your pool, so
3: enjoy. <laughs> yeah, we're about to finish because I don't want, you know, my neighbor to call the police. So. <laughs> <laughs> take care, Andy. <laughs> All right, Andy, take care, You man. know. You know how we are, Latino with the music and all that kind of stuff. Oh, (laughs) yeah. yeah. They don't
1: play in Jersey. They don't play in Jersey. All right, Papi. Love you.
3: All right, man. Bye. And that
0: seals the deal for Episode 17, the Keith Hernandez episode of Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post.
1: Thanks to Jake for producing the show. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. If you use Apple Podcasts, please rate us five stars and write a nice review. We appreciate your support.
0: For Nelson Figueroa, I'm Jake Brown. We will be back Thursday, this time after the Mets 1 p.m. game and series finale against the Nationals. So stay tuned Thursday night for the show as we look ahead to the weekend series with Joe Girardi's Phillies. We'll talk to you then. Stay safe.